Building an online business is more than branding, content, and sales. It's what happens behind the scenes during the highs and lows that make or break your business. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and this is The Kim Doyle Show. I'll be sharing my own journey of 10 plus years growing an online business, as well as talking to entrepreneurs who are on the ground, creating, building, and showing up every day. Remember, do business as only you can do. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and I'm crazy excited because my guest, I have the good fortune of calling a friend now, and we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart, which is relationships and the whole way that falls into marketing today. My guest is Landon Porter. Landon, thank you so much for being here today. Totally, Kim. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So we, you know, I was, I always love doing this because I'm a big proponent of explaining to people that you actually need to connect with people online. You can't just sit behind the computer, but we connected, I, I think it was just through your group or through Ben Perry. I was trying to think about that. It was one of the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, so it's, it's just the importance of, I, for people listening, taking that conversation beyond just the follow, the like, the engage, the comment. So that being said, you participated in the Content Creator Summit. Thank you for that. But I know a lot of the podcast listeners don't know your story. So if you could share a little bit of your background, um, you can skip elementary school if you want, but you know <laughs> what, what you were doing before you started what you're doing today. So it was late October of 1977. <laughs> totally kidding. I almost, I almost spit my drink out. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I'll play it, Landon. I'll play. <laughs> right. Um, so I have kind of an interesting story. Right out of high school, I became a chef. And then I had kids. And nights, weekends, and holidays don't work very well for raising kids, especially little kids. So I ended up in sales um, in my early, mid-20s. And interestingly, it just connected for me. I'm an introvert. I'm not really... Like I don't really want to people all the time, but I, for whatever reason, I don't have a problem talking with people. And uh, so I got into the sales thing within six months, I was killing it. And um, turns out that being raised by and with just a bunch of women really helps for that. Um, Some of the skill sets that I learned being a little kid myself really helped me in having conversations with people. And because I wasn't being salesy, my sales conversations went well. So then fast forward 15 years, I spent 15 years in sales in a couple of different industries. And um, I kind of honed the psychological warfare skills that is sales. And one day I realized that while I'm really good at the thing that I can do, I can't stand most of my clients and (laughs) kind of sent me for a little bit of a tailspin. Well, my kids at that point were getting ready to become preteens and somehow I put together the relationship that changes from little kid to preteens as a parent also applies to dealing with clients. The kind of clientele that I was working with, once I brought them onto the business that I was in, which was corporate finance, I had to then manage ongoing. And what I realized was I had a lot of clients and I didn't like most of them. (laughs) You can raise your kids the same way. You can have your kids and have a relationship with them to where you don't like them, or you can structure (laughs) that relationship to where, you know, they're actually decent little people and, and they're fun to be around. Um, and that changed my, 
the way I went about getting clients. Um, I started looking at who do I want to do business with from the standpoint of who do I actually like and who don't I like and what's the difference there. That was about halfway through my sales career. So another seven or eight years go by and I'm kind of like over it. I'm ready to move on and do something and have something that's mine. And Ash, my wife and I decided to teach parents how to deal with preteens because we didn't really have issues when they were preteens. And um, about a year and a half into that, I was kind of dragged into the whole teach me how to do the sales thing. Can you help me with the sales conversation? Can you show me how to close people? And I really had zero interest in doing that, but it, it, it was brought up so frequently for such a short period of time that I said, okay, well, let's see what happens with this. And this whole, the sales gorilla thing is just absolutely taken off. It's a full on business. We do coaching and consulting and we've got a course and all of that stuff. So in a nutshell, three minutes later, that's who I am and, and what we're doing. Well, there's a bunch that I wanted to unpack from that is I love that you correlated parenting to clients. I mean, huge bonus with that. And it sounds sort of, I, I don't know, not snarky, but at the same time, it's like there is this whole psychological thing that happens and with marketing and business in general, and that usually tends to come after people start businesses, realizing, oh, this is sort of the, the key magic piece that makes everything else fit together, right? So tying in that that psychology behind what works and what doesn't work, I'm assuming really sets you up for what you're doing today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk a little bit and love the chef piece. Your wife is super lucky because... <laughs> Uh, that's what I need to do. I need to put chef masseuse, whatever on my dating profile. Okay. So moving forward today. So you started your own thing. People are asking you about teaching them how to sell. So did you launch the Facebook group, which is getting clients without being salesy? Did you launch that first? Was that part of stepping into this arena or were you doing that sort of behind the scenes first? So let me, let me kind of, like you said, unpack that. It was, um, November of 2016, I had purchased a Facebook ads course. And you and I've had many conversations about this. It, it was not the first Facebook ads course that I had purchased, but it had been a year or so since I'd bought one. I figured, what the hell, let's see what this guy's about and what he's got. And I, I bought that course to promote the parenting thing that Ash and I were doing at the time. And it was in the Facebook group for that course, within the first three or four weeks, I started you know, finding the people that knew what they were talking about so I could ask them questions. And in those conversations, and we're talking now in, in uh, December of 2016, I was having conversations with about a dozen different people. And the last week of December and the first week of January, I had six people ask me, basically, will you coach me on how to get clients? They called it, will you coach me on how to do the sales piece of this? And uh, I was like, the first person, seriously, I was like, uh, yeah, I don't think so. And then the <laughs> same day, the second person asked me and I was like, is this a joke? Like, do you know Dan? And uh, the guy that I was talking to was like, no, I was like, that's really weird. And not even kidding. Later on that day, a third person asked me, you know, basically, will you teach me how to do the sales thing? And I was like, what the hell is going on with this? 
over the next couple of days, I had three more people ask me um, to basically teach them how to do the sales thing. And I was having a conversation with um, one of the people that I was hanging out with at the time, Jesse, and she's like, okay, well, you might not want to do this, but you're going to do this. That day <laughs> she created a Facebook group and, and added like, this was early, you know, Facebook craziness days. Um, she added 84, 86 people the first day, people that she knew and some of the people that I knew. And the next day she said, okay, now go do a Facebook live about what you think about sales. And I was like, man, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I did that Facebook live and out, it, there was almost half of the people that were in the Facebook group saw that live that day and commented and it just took off from there. So that's kind of how it happened. Um, I was talked into doing it. I was talked into, Hey, can you help me close people? And um, I've spent the last 16 months telling people stop closing people and start opening relationships. Dude. The whole thing, couple things. One is I love that it happened organically. And I'm not against page structured, you know, but but there is this I don't know, this energetic piece that happens when when you follow this p- people were telling you exactly what they wanted from you. And so you had been doing really quick, you'd been doing the parenting teaching, but was this really more were you guys doing that all online as well? Online courses kind of internet marketing style or was that just community-based. It was all online and we had a full Mm -hmm. Facebook group that was highly active. Um, We were in the process of wrapping up a course that we had developed and it was that point to, okay, cool. This is going to be done in the next week or two. We need to start promoting it. And I bought that Facebook ads course. Um, And this, this whole, the sales gorilla thing has, it consumed it within the first two weeks of doing this. It was like, well, it's apparent that this is what people want from me. And yeah. uh, we, we kind of put the parenting thing on the back burner and went full on with the sales gorilla stuff. And here we are. You know, it's, it's crazy because so many people don't listen to that. Right. And, and I'd be curious because you do, you have done so much engagement in your group, having actual conversations with people, but so many people get really hell bent on, well, I'm going to do this, whether or not there's a market demand for it or their audience wants it. And I'm, that doesn't mean you keep doing something that you don't want to be doing. I'm not saying that. But it's like sometimes I think people are very close-minded to an opportunity. And you can still craft it and sort of course correct as you go along the way. But here was a skill set you had. People told you they wanted it. And and you you begrudgingly <laughs> jumped into it. Yep. You know, so do you see people doing that or have you seen any other examples of where sort of trusting that organic flow has really worked? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, the the number one key component to doing anything if you want somebody else to buy your thing is market research. And I think um, more so than than even the, well, I want to do this and I'm going to go do this and I'm going to make it work. People don't listen there, but I think even more so than that, when people have determined that somebody wants to buy something from them, they don't listen in the market research. And that's what takes most people so long to get their thing going is because they're not actually listening. It it really is the foundation for everything we do when we've got something to sell is you can think whatever you want, but that doesn't mean anything. What matters is what the people that will give you money for it think. And the only way you can find that is to listen. 
Yeah. And the other thing that goes along with this is that you listened and then the, the community piece of it. I, I'm curious with from the time that so you started doing some coaching, I'm assuming you started this group. How far into the group did you start making offers? Uh, let's see here. I believe the first course sale happened in March of 2017. And our group, our group officially started the very end of January. So five or six weeks. So you didn't wait that long. Good for you. Right. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. It's like when I started content creators a year ago, I had an intention to do uh, a premium membership on the back end of it was doing the group with somebody. It was, it's really my group, but it asked for some support and really kept getting out. Oh, you got to wait, you got to wait, you got to wait. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but at the same time, you know, if that person's no longer around. I feel like things are primed for me, but I still showed up consistently delivering and engaging. So, you know, I, there's different paths at different times. So w- within the group, because I definitely want to move a little bit into what you're teaching and the relationship funnels. So within the group, how did you go about structuring what you would deliver? Sure. Um, initially, it was me kind of ranting about what I thought was wrong with sales. And to really paint the picture of, of the question that you're asking, we've listened for about the last 15 months and it's continued to evolve. Um, but early on and originally, what people wanted was, Landon, what's the magic two-sentence statement that magically closes anybody? <laughs> right. I'm sorry because that's everything with internet marketing. Uh-huh. What's what's the secret to doing things consistently? Yep. You do them consistently. Exactly. So, um early on it was kind of ranting against that doesn't work and here's why and it was explaining my process and because I'm a salesperson, I'm a trained question asker and then I'm trained to listen for what the real responses are. And so during my Facebook lives, I would ask them questions. And I, one of the things that was different, I think about me compared to most of the people was I wasn't talking at people. When I started doing my Facebook lives, it was like, Hey, let's get on and have a conversation. And I would have a conversation with all of the people that were watching through the comment section. Right. And so they would ask me a question and I would respond and they'd ask me another question. I'd respond based on the questions that they were asking. I don't know if you can hear that. That got really loud. For a I, second. I, I, yeah, I Sorry. Could. Go ahead. Um, Sorry. It's based on the questions that they were asking. I was able to formulate the real questions that they needed to be asked for them to tell me what it was they needed. And once I was able to come up with those actual questions, diagnostic questions, to find out what they actually needed, then I could go about figuring out what they wanted so I could stuff that need inside that want. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. Well, but but let me ask you this. So if you were selling with what were you selling within five to six weeks, if because I've watched you have these conversations ongoing and and Clearly, you cater what you do and what you deliver based on people's pain points and what they're literally telling you they want from you, right? But so if you were set, what were you selling at five to six weeks while sort of gathering data and and finding out what their struggles really were? It was the beta version of our course. And what the oh, offer was, really? was I know I can teach you sales and I know I can teach you marketing. And 
you guys keep asking me basically these same six questions. If you're interested in going through a, a beta version of a course to help me define that, I'd be happy to have you. Um, and that was the first offer. That's brilliant. I love it. So how much has changed from that offer? You know, what are we a year plus out from originally doing that a year and a half? Um, a lot has changed. Our, our ideal client avatar has evolved drastically. We've been able to determine um, who specifically we want to work with, which is totally different than it was a year ago. Um, yes, we do teach some sales stuff. But the kind of sales that we teach is not what the vast majority of beginner online entrepreneurs are looking for because they don't they don't understand it enough yet. Um, what we teach people is basically how to identify their perfect for them clients, how to figure out the messaging that those perfect clients will respond to, and then how to put that messaging in front of them to attract them, and then a mechanism that qualifies them before they get on the phone with them. That's what we're teaching now. And it is, it's wildly successful because that's kind of where marketing and sales is going. As for, as opposed to what, what hasn't been working say, so that's where things are going. So as opposed to what people have been doing, which is what. Cold outreaching people on social media, the phone and email. Uh, and pl- None of us like that. No, and it's that – that wasn't a, a quiz, by the way. That sounded very <laughs> like, like I was <laughs> testing you. Um, but there's this move away from pushing it, people. It's just not working yep. anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. when the internet was new and exciting or you know, even 10 years ago when social was very new and exciting, it was one thing. It was like, wow, this is going to solve my problems. People of the market's matured. Um, so within that then, so let's talk a little bit about your company. Like how have you guys stru- – what is, what is the structure? I mean, you've got a lot going on. The group is your core. I know you guys have a core course, right? Is that sort of – do you just have one what – what, I guess what I'm asking, what are the different ways people can work with you guys? Sure. So we sell our main course is the perfect client attraction system. And that teaches somebody to all of the things that I just said, how to identify the right people, how to figure out the messaging, how to get that messaging in front of them, and then how to qualify them through an automated process before they get on the phone with them. We have a higher tier version of that same course that has uh, a much higher touch with the entire group. There's four of us in, in the sales gorilla. Um, and then we do coaching. We do a pretty high level one-on-one coaching with the right kind of people. Um, those are the main three things that we sell and we're moving really towards the higher tier group done with you version of our course, because that's what our perfect for us client is actually wanting. Okay. A couple things I love about that. And the reason I was asking you is because, <clears throat> There is such a, and there's like this magic thing that happens when you are super clear on what you're doing. And I love that all of those are really, you know, I know Russell talks about the value ladder, but it's, it's just, it's all in alignment. You're not going, okay, I'm going to go teach you guys Facebook ads over here. Let me how to teach you how to grow a Facebook group over here. You're really sticking to your wheelhouse of expertise. Not that you couldn't teach the other things, but it's that sort of perfection and mastery of what you're already doing and more involved you can be with your clients. Obviously the better results they're going to get. Exactly. Well, and when you're speaking to everybody, you're not really speaking to anyone. Yeah. (laughs) And we don't want to help just 
anyone. We want to help a very specific person do a very specific thing. And that's where the money is. And that's where the easy sales conversations are. Sorry, I'm writing that down when you're speaking to everyone, (laughs) you're speaking to no one. And so everyone can expect to see a Landon Porter quote for this post. Um, No, it's, it's super valid. It's simple and clear. So all of that ties into how you guys are marketing your business too, which is this whole relationship funnel. And I, let's just talk about it. And it's funny because I, you know, I'd reached out to you recently about uh, Bastion with Wild Audience because I've been a little bit neurotic consuming his content, watching what mm-hmm. he's doing. Um, but what is that? For for people who have not heard the term, it's not like, it's it's genuine. It's not, I'm going to create a new coin term that's going to differentiate myself. Can you just so, let's go ahead, you explain what that is. Sure. So anybody that's listening to your podcast, Kim, should know what a sales funnel is. And probably most of them know what ClickFunnels is. A sales funnel is really a fancy term for a sales conversation, and specifically a sales funnel is automating that process, meaning a traditional cold call is a sales funnel. If you had, somebody picks up the phone, you have the sales conversation, and they buy or don't buy, that's a sales funnel. Because we have technology, we've been able to automate that. Like you said a little bit ago, though, 10 years ago, it was so new and so fancy that it was just push, push, push. We're all tired of it. Mm-hmm. What actually works better is pull. And what everybody's been building the last couple of years as far as their sales funnels go is push, 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 push. Well, the difference between pushing and pulling is building a relationship. Building a relationship is based on relatability. If I can build into my sales funnel true relatability to where you know me, like me, and trust me, you're willing to buy from me and you're buying me, you're not buying the thing, which is at the end of the day, none of us buy stuff. We buy the people that we're getting the stuff from. So a relationship- And how we think we're going to feel, right? I mean, so you tie that in there. It's like, oh, Landon makes me feel like I'm not being smarmy, like I'm not pushing at people, like I'm not pitching. So to your point of, yeah, I'm buying you because I think you're going to make me feel a certain way or get me a result that's going to make me feel a certain way. Exactly. Now, a key component with a relationship funnel is that initial thing, right? If we look at sales and marketing from the standpoint of a primal exchange, meaning dating, right? When you walk into a bar and you make eye contact with somebody, you get a response back from them. Either they're, you know, you can tell the look that they give you back is, you know, oh, cool. That's interesting. Or it's like, oh my God, why are you looking at me? You can do the same thing with with marketing, and if you can leverage your personality in doing that, it makes it really easy to push the wrong ones away and draw the right ones in. And that's the key differentiator between a relationship funnel and a sales funnel. Give me an example of that if you can. So I love the, it's sort of that polarizing, right? At the same time, I think some people might hear that and think, okay, do you know Garrett J. White? I do. Okay. So I'm no Garrett. He's very clear about polarizing. He's got a very certain style. I love what he does. I'm not his market, but at the same time, his style isn't me, right? So I'm not going to shout at people the way he does necessarily. And again, there's zero judgment. I love him. But so give me an example of where you could say you're not for me. So, you know, and you don't have to use me, but an example maybe of somebody that what I'm going to do is clearly going to make people who 
aren't right, go away. And the people who connect come to me. Yeah. Here's the perfect example. There's somebody in my space that uses the F you pay me mm-hmm. hard closer style. Well, the people that align with that are not going to align with my statement, which is getting clients without being salesy. Right. So right from the get go, whatever it is from your value system that you believe to be true about your marketplace, if you start with that, it makes it really easy for people to go, I agree with that or I don't agree with that. Well, it comes from a personality standpoint. If it's actually part of your value system, my value system is based on the fact of it's more selfish than it seems, but I don't want to deal with people that waste my time. I don't want to deal with people that don't show up at appointments on time. I don't want to deal with people that I've got to chase for their money. And I don't want to deal with people that lay awake at night thinking, did I make the right choice? Whereas other people in the sales training world, they don't care about that. It's, I want the money and I want it now and I will do whatever I have to, to get there. Well, there's a lot of people in the marketplace that feel one way or the other. And by helping them make that distinction, I agree with this. I don't want to treat people poorly. I'm going to go down this road. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. I was sitting because so many examples were running to my head. And it, it's fascinating because when I, that, that's not my personality either, the F you pay me, right? And I just, not everything is right for everybody. I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm right in line with what you're saying. And I always think of, you know, the people and specifically in this space. And I have worked with mentors that do this whole sales pitch of, well, if, if it was important to you to find the money, you know, you can make it up next month, use your mortgage payment, get a credit card, borrow money, that, that whole thing. And there is nothing in that that resonates with me, right? I would feel like garbage <laughs> if somebody's like, oh, well, I can't make my mortgage payment because I hired you as a coach. And it's just, there's to each his own. But I think if you're in alignment with your own value system, and there's definitely a way, there are a lot of people that won't commit regardless. So it's defining that, my guess, is that first piece of this. Yep. And for me, what it comes down to is if somebody's having a hard time getting clients or doing the sales thing, and they're going to use their mortgage payment for next month to buy a training on it, getting clients and the ability to have a sales conversation is not their problem. They've got a fundamentally different problem and it's a mindset issue. I'm not going to take that person's money and then have to deal with the fallout from that. Whereas lots of people in my space, they have no problem with that. I'd rather deal with somebody who's looking at, okay, do I hire a VA for $3,000 or do I pay this coach one month $3,000? What makes more sense financially in the long term? It comes down to who do you want as clients? I don't want people that are like, mm, I can't afford it. Why would why would you or me or anybody else say, well, put it on a credit card or go steal the money or go use your mortgage? Like, really? That's disgusting. It, it, it totally is, but it's it's this way of it's it's all the mindset triggered psychology stuff, right? Of well, you're going to paint a bad enough picture, and that's not saying because there are people that just maybe it's the first time they've invested at that level and they have the money, but they're just scared because it's a it's a it's a new level for them, right? So it's learning to be a little bit comfortable with discomfort when you're investing in yourself. You know, some of the the guidelines I've always used is it's just I've I've coached too many people that don't really just don't want they don't want to do the work. And I think they look at a mentor or a coach or a program or a course as well, this is gonna do it. And I'm like, well if you're not showing up day to day doing the work, doesn't matter nothing's nothing it's not gonna change. If you're if you have a habit of doing the work, then this is gold for you. Yep. 
Well, and what you said is basically there's a way to manipulate somebody into making a decision. And then there's a way to answer somebody's questions and allow them to make their own decision. And a lot of people, from my experience in my space, the sales and marketing look at that as, well, that's weak. Why don't you just close that person? They need the solution. They have the ability to do it. Why don't you just like take them, shake them and make them understand and close the deal? I don't want to work with weak people. If they don't have the ability to make their own decision, I don't want it. Well, and at the end of the day, you want to feel good to your point of, I don't want to lay in, you know, think, be laying in bed with, or not laying in bed, but you were saying, I don't want a client who's going to be laying in bed questioning, oh God, should I have done this? Should I have done this? And and again, I think somebody who can't afford it is ready to make a decision, may still have those doubts, but they're going to keep them to themselves because they know they need to grow, right? They know that this is the differentiator at this point. It's time to, I've gotten as far as I can on my own. I need to go here. Mm-hmm. Well, and it comes down to the ability for the salesperson to actually listen and be able to formulate the right questions to help the prospect understand what questions they need answered before they can move forward. That's a that's what sales is. Sales is not about finding a pain point and just driving a fork into it until the person says, oh my God, fine, I give up. Mm-hmm. Here's my money. A salesperson's real job is to help that individual identify what their questions are and then ask the questions that allow that prospect to answer their own questions. And well, I totally agree with that. And this piece of the relationship, where within the relationship funnel, so let, I'm kind of stepping backwards here. So obviously you're building a relationship. You've got some of these things automated, but you know, from an observational perspective, I, you've done so much engaging in conversations, zero attachments to it. It kind of reminds me of when Gary Vee is like, you know, I almost guilt, I give so much for free that I guilt people into buying from me. <laughs> Being funny, it's his books, right? Mm-hmm. I mean- yep. His books are not paying his bills. VaynerMedia does. But on that perspective, you know, it's like giving so much value on the front end that it, when it's right for the right people, they're going to show up pretty effortlessly. Yep, completely. Um, to answer your question, it all comes down to the qualification process in the sales funnel. And you can do that from we've built a relationship and now I can ha ha and joke with you. And then I can show you some really cool stuff or I can just you know, I can present enough of the pain points that I think you have to then force you through this process to make a decision. It all comes down to qualifying, which at the end of the day is listening. And if you know your market well, and you've listened to them enough, you know, the right questions that get the right people to say yes. And you can do that in a non-manipulative kind of way. Um, in, Interesting that you brought up the group and and providing so much value. The reason that we did that was to solidify our position in the marketplace, not so much for providing a just a shit ton of info on the front end. Um, we knew that we would need to do that to build the brand and solidify our position in the marketplace to where then we could kind of back off on that. Does that make sense? Well, it totally does. And you know what's funny, Landon, is that value on the front end. So what I was the word press chick for what, like nine years? I've done content creators for a year. And do you know how many times people are referring to me as like the content queen and oh, that's your your content, your content. It's it's been only a year. Really, yep. year and a half maybe that I've been talking about content. But it's that consistency and positioning. 
that you do correctly on the front end. So, so let me ask you this then with the relationship funnel piece, and this is getting a little bit more tactical. What does that actually look like? So are you driving people from the group to a landing page? What does that actual funnel look like? Sure. So there's many different iterations that you can set up to create a relationship funnel. The most simple is you've got a relationship with the people that follow you on Facebook or a relationship with people that follow you on LinkedIn. You've already built the relationship. You can do a single post that tells them, I do X. Here's a short story on somebody that I did X with. Here's the result that they got. If you're looking for that, send me a message. That in and of itself can be a relationship funnel because you've already built the relationship. Another version of that is in our group, the treasure hunt. When somebody new comes into the group, they get the opportunity to go through a treasure hunt, which is a full-on free course on how to get clients. And through that relationship funnel, there's in that one, there's 42 pieces, which is kind of nuts. But <laughs> it's enough of my personality and enough of, of what I think is right and wrong in this in this space that by the time they get halfway through it, they've already built a relationship with me or they've determined that they don't want a relationship with me. Here's the easiest way to understand the difference between a sales funnel and a relationship funnel. A regular sales funnel through, let's say, Facebook is an ad to a webinar registration page. Mm -hmm. That's a sales funnel. And then you can do all of the sales tactics in the webinar to get somebody to buy your thing. A relationship funnel would be an ad to a relationship builder sequence, which is here's this thing that will help you understand XYZ. And then it's a relationship process. Let's call it five days or seven days before you make the offer. That way, the people that don't make it that far, they don't have a relationship with you. So you're not making an offer yet. But all of the people that make it that far are the right people for that offer. And they've already established a relationship with you and what you know how to do. And therefore, the selling of the thing is way easier. It's almost... It's almost, uh, I don't, I, I don't know. I've always felt it's almost like you're not even selling. It's just presenting <laughs> the offer. And because they've already seen you walking the walk, you've established yourself. They've stuck around. They're invested at that point. And it's like, it's, it's that whole concept of you owe it to your audience to solve their problems. If they're around, then you need to make those offers because it can help them. Mm -hmm. So much so that we call it the yes conversation and not a sales conversation. Because it's basically that. like, Bob, if you want the thing, here's how you get the thing. Done. <laughs> right. Well, well, and let me ask you this, because I know um, with like we were talking about Wild Audience and Bastion and their their stuff, where he's big on no scarcity, no countdown timers. I think there are certain times if you're going to open and close things that it's not even scarcity if you're legitimately closing it as a beta or you need to get stuff sorted and figured out. Um, so do you incorporate any of those pieces into this at all? We do. Um, and I completely agree with Bastion on that. And I also agree with, with the statement that it makes sense to use it if it's legit. Um, one of the things that I'm more interested in is somebody who is actually paying attention and actively listening so sprinkled in the first couple of days after somebody sees our webinar, there are three emails that actually have the ability for them to get our course at half off. And the scarcity there is 
I'm more interested in people that are paying attention and ready to implement than I am somebody who needs three weeks to talk to their dog and their neighbor and their (laughs) mom or their mother-in-law to make a decision. If this makes sense for you and you believe that it can get you this result, you've got the opportunity now to get it for 997 instead of 1997. And I do that mainly for the paying attention piece. You can listen to me all day long and you can take nothing away from it. You can go through our entire relationship funnel and take nothing away from it because you're not paying attention. If you're actively paying attention, what I can teach you about getting clients is gold. And those are the people I'd prefer to work with. So I give them the opportunity to get a deal on the front end. That also allows us to identify the people that are paying attention because they get a tag in our system. And that way I can reach out to them and have a conversation with them about what it is that they really want. Plus all of the information that we've got as they came through our funnel, we, you know, we gather all kinds of data. And some of those people are actually better suited to go through our higher ticket version or even the one-on-one coaching thing. And it's a self-selector that, that they go through and do, Hey, I'm ready. I'm here. Here's my money. And I'm paying attention. Ooh, for Landon, that's a perfect ideal client avatar to at least have a conversation with. So do you have, so there's, um, it sounds like you've got like conditional logic in there, right? So if this happens, then that, so they proceed based on how they're going through it and how the actions are taking. Big time. There's actually, there's two sets of five questions when somebody cold traffic, somebody brand new, not in our world comes in. There's, there's two sets of five different questions. And based on those five different questions twice, we get a really good understanding of what they need help with, what they want help with, and how they want that help. And then if they take an action like buying our, our main course and they've identified, I need this, I want that, and here's how I want it delivered, and then they raised their hand and said, I'm serious, now we know that they're probably better suited to go through a higher version of our course. So even though we gave them you know, we left a thousand dollars on the table on the front end. Generally, we make an extra four to six thousand dollars on the back end because they took action. Well, and they've qualified themselves as someone who is probably going to benefit from the higher touch. Exactly. Okay, that's huge. Um, gosh, that went quick. I was looking at the time, so I want to talk to you with that one. I just I love that whole concept. And again, I'm not against. Um, I don't think it's. I'm not interested in scarcity tactics, but when scarcity is legitimate and, you know, it's kind of like, don't tell me there's limited copies of your digital, whatever. Right. So that's not legitimate. I mean, but opening and closing doors and, and raising prices. I mean, all of that, when it's legitimate, it works. It just works. I'm not anti that stuff at all, but I think using relationship funnels, relationship marketing period is where everything is going, which kind of brings me to my next question with you. I just wanted to have a little bit of a conversation because you're very active in general in the marketplace. And I know you spend probably the bulk of your time on Facebook. Um, But it's funny because an example is, you know, with messenger marketing, it seemed like that came gangbusters last year, right? Like, oh, everybody was into it and everything. And a lot of people dropped away because I think they thought it was going to be the, again, the internet marketing solution of I'm going to make a million dollars by doing this. And a lot of people that aren't in it for the long game or really want to figure out how to do it are gone. So to me, it it is ripe because it. I finally flipped my perspective on it. I wasn't against it, but I couldn't quite figure out what the right 
fit for me would be. And it was the ManyChat actually has a free course out right now. And, and they Molly Pittman was saying, you know, it's it's simply conversational marketing. And I thought, oh, I can wrap my head around this now. So, you know, in general, this to me ties in with, and whether it's ManyChat or whatever, it's just another marketing platform. But the whole marketplace seems like it's going to, you have to personalize marketing, actual conversations, building relationships again. So you can pick whatever you want from that, but I would just like to sort of discuss <laughs> with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you, you hit the nail on the head. It, it is, it's what society wants is real connection. However, here's, here's marketing getting the right message in front of the right person at the right time. Well, because of technology, we've eliminated the right time aspect of it. The problem is neither you or I or anybody listening to this is going to sit awake for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, waiting for that person to show up who's ready to have a conversation. We can automate that entire process. That's the difference. You can automate a conversation that's still conversational or you can automate a sales process that's still salesy. And that's the difference. And people like you and and us and Molly Pittman are going to succeed because we understand that the sales process is a conversational process, not a sales process. Well, it's... So it doesn't matter. Sorry, but I was going to say specifically even looking at Messenger, I thought it's such a gold opportunity in the sense that for people who struggle with, say, email copy or sequences, that can be very overwhelming, right? And doesn't mean you shouldn't have them. I'm never going to stop email marketing. But at the same time, I can whip some pretty quick personality, you know, snippets into there. And if people, if it resonates with person, it's a total qualifier. If they don't like it, if I say, what's up, buttercup, and it bugs them, then you weren't going to be in my world anyways, right? So mm-hmm. from that perspective, yeah. I'm like, how much easier if you're thinking? Because I'll tell you how many... <laughs> specifically with wild audience, right? I, I go through every piece of every messenger bot. They, and they've been like, you go through a lot of our stuff. Do you want to have a phone call? I'm like, not yet, but, but, but going through it, I'm so fascinated. I'm like, I want to see what they're going to say next or what, where are they taking me? Or, you know, the, the button responses. It's, it's fascinating to me as a marketer to watch myself be so engaged. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, and that's because they've identified you and what you want and what you need, and they've nailed that conversation. And again, that's what it comes down to, the conversation, right? Here's here's the interesting thing about whether it's on a chat bot or it's in an email sequence or it's through text on your phone. That's just the platform. Mm-hmm. Yes, Chatbots are excellent because they're new-ish still, and the people that are doing it right are reaping the rewards, and they will be the ones that stick around long-term. And the thing that the vast majority of the marketers' marketplace don't yet understand is the difference there. Make it conversational. Actually have a conversation that the other person is more interested in than you are. It's sales, right? Be interested, not interesting. You know, it's funny going back to the dating analogy. And actually, I've noticed this in life. I don't know if it's because people, I I don't know what's going on. I was talking to a friend of mine, though. And I said, what is it with people that you meet who never ask you one question about yourself? Like, that's always my precursor. I'm not dating right now. But it's like when I go online, and then I'm like, let's have a conversation on the phone first. If I talk to a guy for an hour, and he never asks me one question about myself, I'm like, 
hell no, am I spending my time to meet you in person. And so it's that conversational piece and it, it blows my mind. To me, it instantly shuts the door. And so here's this goal opportunity to ask a question and get a response back in a way that you can then filter them based on their answer. And so you keep, and you really get to know who they are. Mm -hmm. And the way to do that in a relationship way instead of a sales way is by using your personality. What's up, Buttercup? If they don't stick around after that, they've qualified themselves out of your world. The people that are still in your world, hey, what's up, Buttercup? That becomes a thing, just like Peace Out, Cub Scout, and all the stupid <laughs> crap that I say. The people that don't dig it go away, and the people that do like it stick around. That's personality marketing. That's respect-based marketing, and that's using relationship funnels instead of sales funnels. So what else do you see happening in the space today, right? Like that's, that is, I, I can't believe the amount of people who are surprised when I'm like, well, do you want to hop on a Skype call or I can help you get some clarity on that. And I'm not, you know, it's one of those things I, I hadn't been offering coaching for a while. So it's not like I'm saying, oh, I'm going to coach you for free. But if there's someone in my group and I'm in a mood, I'm like, yeah, I can help you, you know, and how many people are floored because most people, or here's a great example, someone else in the group, SEO expert, I'm like, hey, you're the ask. I'm not an SEO expert. I said, would you want to do a live for the group? And I'm like, it's a give, it's a value add for them. Let me highlight you. And it's, it's, it feels obvious, right? This value of let me be the trusted expert because I'm not afraid to highlight somebody else's expertise. Like, Hey, people want to know how to do sales or relationship funnels. I'm going to call you. I've got my own thing going in terms of how I do it for me, but it's nothing I would go teach. You know, so where do you, do you see, I don't know, just a different, shift happening in the marketplace. I just feel like it's a big transition time right now. It's a huge transition time right now. Um, and I would, I would say that even most of the smart marketers don't see where this is going. And I'm talking about the big household names that most of us know. Society as a whole is tired of the push and we're more interested in the pull. And let's look at the SEO thing that you brought up. 10 years ago, the whole long tail thing was like what everybody was teaching because that marketplace finally got to the point where the only way you could really make money is the long tail. But if you look at all the people that were making millions of dollars for the previous 10 years, they started with the long tail because they knew that if they had the long tail piece nailed, the short tail piece took care of itself. Well, Building relationships like you just talked about by having somebody in your group, you're building the long tail first. You're taking care of the long game. The short game will automatically take care of itself. And I don't think that most marketers look at the marketplace that way. If you want, it, if you want a tree in your backyard, there's two times to plant one. 20 years ago or today. And a lot of people, <laughs> you know, they plant the tree today and then they go dig it up tomorrow and they move it. They go from totally. Facebook ads to chatbots to this, to that, and they keep digging that tree up. If they would just pick one and plant it and then water it, interestingly enough, that's how relationships work too. It's, it's, I've heard that analogy before of the tree or, you know, it's like you don't plant and, you know, an ear of corn and, and go out at five o'clock that where's my dinner? You know, it's, it's just that, that idea. And when you think about how much, I keep coming back to the, I don't want to say product launch formula because I think all of that's changing. 
it's, it's, there are certain tactics because that's really what they are is tactics. I think strategies to your point, relationship, marketing, relationship funnels, it's a strategy. It's a long-term strategy. It is that long tail, you know, just content. It's not going to go anywhere. It's, it may shift. It may look differently, but then there's always going to be audio written video. Right. But Mm -hmm. it's, it's that piece where I see, um, it's, it's fascinating to see some of these bigger marketers, like jumping in where they've been, bear with the language here. It's the best thing I can think of, but I'm a guru. I'm here and you're here. And all of a sudden, oh, I want to vlog and I want to have conversations and it feels forced. It There's some people that it just does not feel natural because they've not been at the level of their audience, right? They're not in it with them. They're talking at them. Does that make sense? Completely. So it's, it's like the picking lot. is ripe, in my opinion. Yep. Well, we're we're still on the the very front edge of that wave. That first wave of relationship marketing has not even hit the beach yet. Um, we're more 2019, 2020. This will be the way that it's done. And the the traditional online marketing, the traditional direct response marketing won't be as effective as it is right now because it's going that direction. Humans want to connect. I've used this analogy, I've I've used this way of explaining this in the past, but if you look at the last 20 years from this perspective, 20 years ago, we had cell phones and all of a sudden they were mass available to everybody. Right about the same time that we had email, mass available to everyone, right? It was new. It was interesting. It was like, oh my God, I got an email. Oh, somebody called me on my cell phone. And then four or five years after that, it started becoming a hassle. And another four or five years after that, none of us really want to be on our cell phone on a phone call and none of us are opening all of our email. But then because technology, we have to, and those become tools that we have to use. We went through a process of automating all of that for about the last eight years, right? Automated emails, automated phone calls. We're tired of it. We're back at the point where we want to actually have connection with people that we actually give a damn about. That is what's driving marketing right now. If you're not interested in connecting with me, actually, I'm not interested in sticking around for your marketing. If you're interested in connecting with me, actually, I don't even know that you're marketing to me. That's the experience that you're having going through Bastion stuff right now. This is what traditional sales went through two or three or four years ago. This is where online marketing and direct response marketing are at now. In two or three years, if you're not doing that actually connecting with actual people, you're not going to be actually marketing and your stuff's not going to work. I actually love that. I couldn't resist. You know what? Right. Well, it's funny that you say that because that's exactly it. And I have, there's a lot of people that I have followed or subscribed to that as soon as I started really feeling this shift in the market and I, for myself, it really, you know, I, I always do the hashtag just show up, right? Because it was like, you know what? I cannot do anything anybody else's way anymore. You, you get to a point and it probably took me longer than it needed to, but I got to that point and guess what? It's working. And so when I see people doing sort of that push marketing, it, it just doesn't make me crazy. It makes me, it makes me really excited because I think, you know, I had heard something on a podcast once and they said the best way to succeed online is just be willing to do the work that other people aren't. So if you're willing to be in it for the long game, have the, the actual conversations, build relationships, it's going to pay off. You're also building a foundation. You know, there is no magic pill. Were we, were we 
I'm trying to think, were we talking about that before we started recording or not? But that piece of, oh, well, if I hire you or I buy this course, that's going to tip me over. That's going to give me the income, the lifestyle, the the authority, the influence, everything I need. It's like, no, no, no. It, it's actually doing the work every day. <laughs> yep. And it should make you excited because seeing the big marketers still doing it the wrong way, that's a wide open door for us. Yeah. The people that are actually looking to connect with people that can help solve their problems or solve their problems for them, they're not subscribed to 300 marketers' email lists. They're subscribed to two or three. Mm-hmm. Do you know, That's where the money is. I've had people tell me, um, I don't like reading emails, but I always read yours because of the way you tell the story and, and I watch how you, it unfolds or whatever. And I'm not doing it daily anymore, but it's really, they, I've already established a relationship and they know that I'm just going to tell them a story and there's going to be one call to action and maybe an article and maybe something for sale. Totally depends on what's going on, but they stick around. So I agree. You know, it's funny when I see some, and I know we're being ambiguous, I'm not interested in calling people out, but some of the big marketers and even bigger sort of bloggers and and people that were more in the blogging space, but had built up huge brands. It just doesn't excite me anymore because it feels forced even when they are trying to step in. And I feel like I'm totally being an abasher today and that's not who I am, but um, Mm. it's exciting to me because I'm finding other people, right? Like it excites me to see what you guys are doing. It excites me to follow somebody else who's really following their own path and consistently showing up and, and figuring it out as you go. There, there is, I don't know, there's no right or wrong as long as you're following what really genuinely works for you and your audience. Mm Mm-hmm. We as a species are a tribal species and we're not, we're not a tribal species that want to be in a group of 10,000 or a hundred thousand. We're a species that wants to be in a group of a hundred to 150. And when you can help your marketplace feel like they're in that tight knit tribe of a hundred, 150, even if your email list or your chatbot list is 10,000 people, that's the difference. They feel that. We can sense that. That's the BS meter because it's gotten so clearly defined over the last 10 or 20 years because of the push marketing and the, the hardcore sales stuff. Okay. So as we wind down, because I want to, and we'll make sure everybody knows the drill with my podcast. So whatever you say, I'm going to reiterate the links at the end and they will be in the show notes. But besides your group and working with you, do you have a book or a, an audio or somebody or something that you listen to that's in alignment with where you're going? And I'm not saying necessarily saying a competitor, but you know, it's always fun to get a book tip or or a little bit of a go, go try this. Absolutely. Um, you've mentioned him a couple of times, Bastion. Um, I got to get him on the podcast. (laughs) Totally. Well, if you want some help with that, just let me know. So there's, um, (laughs) okay. Um, yeah, totally. Um, follow Bastion wildaudience.com. Um, and one of his mentors is a, not often discussed email marketer that's been in the game for a hundred years, Andre Chaperon. Um, oh, yep. Email autoresponder madness. I've got that. <laughs> yep. And if you, if you want to know how to do the conversation piece of this that we've been talking about for this podcast, um, and you want to do it in a way where it's still effective, but you've got kind of a framework to follow. Michael Haig, I think is how you pronounce his last name. H A A G. Um, he was the guy who really kind of brought the soap sequence idea to email marketing um, through, I think it's Deegan Smith. Um, and Andre Chaperone obviously follows that path as well. That's 
really, as far as, as recommendations go, um, if you haven't read psycho cybernetics, I would highly suggest doing that. But those are kind of the people that I follow and, and am following is, is Michael and, and Andre and Bastion. That's really where I'm getting what I'm getting. You know, I love about that too. And it is the, their, their core principles and, and strategies. Again, it comes back to sort of fundamentals is, is what they're all doing, right? I mean, it's this real core consistency. They don't jump into a tactic. And I love tools and tactics. I'm never going to stop trying them, but I always keep the foundation running, right? So so thank you for sharing that. So Landon, it is always a pleasure to talk with you. Where is the best place for people to connect with you? Sure. Probably our Facebook group, Getting Clients Without Being Salesy. Okay, fantastic. And they should go through the treasure hunt. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So I will have that linked in the show notes, everybody. Again, Landon, thank you so much. It's a ton of fun talking with you. Likewise, Kim. Thanks for having me on. All right, guys, you know the drill. Hang on and I'll repeat a couple links for you and everything will be in the show notes. Um, I'm going to say it just because Landon's here. So peace out, Cub Scout. (laughs) Peace out, Cub Scout. All right, guys, I'm going to make this really easy for you. Really, there's just one link, and that would be the Facebook group. I have created a pretty link for you. That is kimdoyle.com forward slash Landon, L-A-N-D-O-N. Pretty easy, right? Of course, I will be linking to the Facebook group in the show notes as well as Wild Audience with Fashion. And I've got to follow up on getting him on the show. So thanks so much for your patience, guys. I know the podcast has been a little bit off track lately, but life has been a little hellacious but that's all behind me now. I love you guys tons. As always, thanks for listening. If you've not left a review, I would love it. And be sure to check out content creators. The Facebook group is kind of on fire. I'm thrilled. All right, guys, I love you. Uh, Have a great morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are. And I will catch you next time.